Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. And welcome to The Buddhist Biohacker. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Buddhist Biohacker. And welcome to my YouTube channel, which is at Buddhist Biohacker. Please don't forget to click subscribe. My name is Lisa Gunshore. As always, I am your host and demystification guide. And I am really honored today because we have a very special guest today, Ariane Thomas. Welcome back. Ariane. Oh, thank you for inviting me back, Lisa. It's such a pleasure to be here and to talk to you and your audience and all of those on the replay. Oh, I'm so happy. And, you know, you were such a, a huge part of our very first summit for One Heart, One Earth last year and did this beautiful journey to release the fears of our ancient plagues and illnesses, which I thought was so powerful at the time. And it's in our light library in the Ajatakasa app. And um, still, I think many people are connecting with your work from that still every single day, which is awesome. And so I'm excited to dive into you and your work today and go a little bit deeper. And before we do, I just want to let everybody know who's in the live. You can absolutely use the live chat. I'd love to know where you're from, how you're doing. And if you have questions for Ariane or about the work that she does. Um, throughout the show, you can ask those as well. So Ariane, let's just start. I just want to start with your story. Like, who are you? And and how did you start doing what you're doing? I mean, really, I'd love to know all about it. Uh, of course, because isn't that where we all begin? It's like, how did you get there? <laughs> yes. uh, and as with most uh, people that I have found that do deeply spiritual work, um, we have all had a profound journey in our life. And, um, you know, I started out life like everybody else, kind of in a dysfunctional family, going along, doing what everybody told me I should do, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, go to school, get a good job, you know, um, fit into society, right? Well, I was one of eight children. And so I grew up in, yes, yeah, eight kids, right? In a pretty chaotic home. And so I decided that I was going to go to school and get an education and get a good job and, you know, um, uh, kind of get out into the world and take care of myself um, and uh, not have a traditional life. And so I went to school and um, uh, went, went to college uh, to become a teacher and decided I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> what, can, what can I say? Um, you know, you follow different paths. And so um, at one point, a friend said, you know, they're letting girls into law school. And I went, oh, well, now that'd be something cool to do. So I decided to go to law school because I thought, hey, here's a great job. And I can make money, have a lot of respect, do something interesting, save the world, right? And so I thought that it'd be a great thing to do, except for the fact that, you know, I, I really didn't like conflict. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really good at it um, because I liked helping people. And that was the part of the job that that really satisfied me. But I really didn't like being in conflict. And 
like many people, we fall into things because of society's expectations, the expectations of our family, because our teachers say, hey, you know, you're really good at this. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Um, because of the approval that we get, um, because it's good money and we get status. So I was just merrily going along, our, going along my way, being miserable, um, being suicidal, hmm. um, just, you know, not being very happy, although from the outside, everything looked just fine. And so after a few tweaks from Spirit going, you know, you really shouldn't be doing this. I was at work one day um, and I got very sick. And this was after I'd been doing this for 20 years. Oh, wow. I got really sick. I went to my boss and said, you know, I think I'm coming down with the flu. I'm going to go home and, you know, I'll be back on Monday. And, you know, if it, it, everything's going to be fine. Two weeks later, I ended up in the hospital dying. Wow. After the doctors ran a whole battery of tests, I saw all of these specialists. They sent me home to die because they didn't know what was going on. There was nothing they could do for me. Um, and they said, they basically said, you want to die here or you want to die at home? And I said, holy cow, I have so been there. Oh my yeah. gosh, I had no idea. Okay, keep going. I'm like, keep going. But Lisa, isn't that true of so many people? Yeah. That we get, we get these messages that we don't listen to until we reach that crisis point. And yes. that crisis point comes when we hit bottom and there's no place left to go. And that's when we have to face reality. Yeah. So I went home and a friend of mine came over and she brought a shaman with her. Mm. Now I'm part Cherokee. My father was three quarter Cherokee and wow. uh, I'd always known that, but you know, I grew up as a white girl in the suburbs, you know, with not a whole, with not a connection to my Cherokee heritage. But um, my friend brought this Cherokee shaman over and she literally brought me back from the brink of death. If it wasn't, if it hadn't been for her, I, I think I truly would have died because I was that close to death. And from that experience, I started getting in touch with my Native American heritage. And that's where I found my soul path, right? That's where I found my soul path. And it was like, wait a minute, this is where my heart resonates. This is where I belong. And that's when I started studying. And so, Lisa, as you know, and as we've heard from your stories, this doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I got up out of my bed like Jesus and, you know, <laughs> the next day. It, it literally took me years to recover, which was a good thing because if I had gotten better in a month, I would have gone back to my old life. Right. You know, it's like, okay, I'm better. I'll, I'll go back to work. So it took me a long time, but what that gave me 
is that gave me an opportunity to do a lot of self-healing and to explore my Native American roots, to explore shamanism, to explore alternative medicine, and to really get to know my body. And spirit guided me on a journey to my ancestors. Hmm. That's how I learned that we can connect with our ancestors and our ancestors are there to help us, to help us in all aspects of our life, with our healing, with our success, with our relationships, with our connection to the divine. And, you know, they're there going, hey, I can help you. You know, you need some help there. I've been there. I've been there. I know how to do this. And so we can ask them. We can ask them to guide us, to give us wisdom and knowledge, and um, to help us navigate the issues that arise in our life that we don't have the perspective for. Right? Yep. And it was such a blessing. It was such a gift. Um, and and I've talked to many spiritual teachers. I've talked to many enlightened beings, you know, like you that redirected their lives after, after a crisis. And that seems to be what it takes to get our attention. Mm -hmm. uh, some people are born into it, but other people, you know, we go along doing, you know, what the world says. And then you go, but wait a minute, there's a different way to do things. There's a different way to do things. And when we listen to spirit talking, that's when we find our soul purpose. That's when we find what we're really here to do. That's when we find the service that we are here to provide for the world and how we fit into the world. And that's how I came to do ancestral work. That is a beautiful story. And thank you guys for watching. And Lars says he's fully awake sitting in the sun in Denmark um, with oh. a balcony full of plants and trees. Amazing story. Absolutely. And KTL um, says she's in Las Vegas and she says that, you know, she has some friends who are going through that. Some who refuse to die and keep working on it and a few that just accept where they're at. And yeah, I mean, I think, Ariane, that's beautiful. I'm so happy you shared that story. And I had no idea you had that story, which just makes me even more, it just validates why I feel so connected to you because it is the way of the shaman, don't you think? I mean, it is the way is, is you go through this crisis mm -hmm. and you face your mortality and you have to make a decision either to redirect or to, to leave. And like you said, there's so many of us who were like, okay, I need to redirect. <laughs> I need to refocus and do what I came here to do. And it just seems so much the, the path of the shaman to face death. It is. And some of us face a physical death and some of us only face a spiritual death, an emotional death. Because sometimes it's not a health crisis, but it's a crisis when a divorce arises, when we lose our job, lose our home, you know, 
and it's a financial crisis where our life comes crashing down around us. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, um, and so that crisis can come in a variety of ways. And I find even when I talk to the ancestors and we look at the ancestors life to see how these negative family patterns arise, that their mistakes, um, that occur in the ancestors' lifetimes um, often occur when they're young, you know, in their 20s, in their 30s, and sometimes in their teens. And it, it sets them on a path that they don't know how to correct, that they don't know how to redirect. And when we encounter those crises now, and we learn to redirect our lives, then we can change and we can heal not only for ourselves, but we can heal for our families and we can heal for future generations because the mistakes that we correct during our lifetime now, we don't have to come back and fix later on in the next lifetime. Right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Karma is karma. And if you screw it up this time, you get another chance to fix it later on. Yep. <laughs> you don't get to get out of it just because you leave this body. <laughs> no, no. And Lisa, you're also correct that sometimes people get to that choice point and it's like, this is too hard. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to come back and, and do it later on when I have more strength, when mm -hmm. I have more support, and it's a different time. Yeah. And that's why we have free will. Yeah, that's true. But the more you clean up now, the more you heal, the happier you are, the more joy you have in life, the less you have to do the next lifetime, and the better this life is. Hmm. That's beautifully said. Now that that leads me to wanting to talk to you about the I like to call the global event this last year. I don't like to use the pandemic word, but the global event that mm -hmm. occurred. I feel like that was a global, like a collective um, near death. Like that's what I mm -hmm. feel like this last year was is is a redirection for everyone. It gave us the opportunity to look at the path we were on and say, is this what I really want to do? Right? Yeah. Because so many people were, um, had, had been on a trajectory towards fulfilling society's expectations, family expectations, their own expectations of where they thought their life should be. And the pandemic came and said, wait a minute, we're going to hit the pause button here. We're going to give you a chance to look at how your life is going. And is this what you really want? Is this what is the most important thing in your life? And is this how you want to live your life? Mm -hmm. And 
we got to choose. We got to choose. Do you really want to spend two hours a day in your car driving to work commuting? Do you really want to invest your time, energy, and attention in making money and not seeing your family? Hmm. Is this the right relationship for you? When you only see your partner five hours a week, or when you're both working at home and you see each other, you know, 12 hours a day, um, and all of those things that were not quite right are now coming up and you're, and you're facing it. And is like, is this the right relationship? And so all of those things that were moving along as a pattern that you were avoiding looking at, now you got to see in your face. You couldn't avoid dealing with. You couldn't avoid escaping. You had to face. And you had to face your fears. Yeah. You had to face your fears about your health. All of those DNA, DNA issues about the plague and, um, you know, the world is going to end and zombies and, <laughs> you know, disasters and the apocalypse. I mean, you know, that was coming up for a lot of people early last year. And it's like, this wasn't just a movie scene. It's like, okay, face your fears about where the world is going. And then face your fears about your own life. Face your fears about your financial stability, about um, your relationships, about your life purpose. Is this really how you want to spend your life? And once you face them, um, it's easy. Well, it's, it may not be easy, but it is beneficial, shall we say, to um, redirect, to say, okay, this isn't truly what I want to do with my life. So what are my options? Where do I go from here? How do I shift? Um, how do I change? If this, isn't, if this isn't the right relationship, how do we part lovingly with compassion, with understanding, and move on so that we both find the right partners? How do I commit to doing work and having a healthy relationship with my family? Because once you figure out what is significant in your life, then you can make those decisions. It's when you don't look at your life that you, that you just do things by rote, that you just continue, and your life becomes a sequence of events that don't serve you or the world. Yes. Yes. 
Well, and that's what, I, you know, I woke up and I, I said this to my members this morning. I woke up yesterday and I really felt this like message kind of, I don't know if it's really a message, but this sentence that landed with me is, you know, don't forget. Like now that we're starting to open, now that things are starting to feel a little bit more loose, like we, we don't want to forget what we just discovered about ourselves in the last year and you know what you're pointing to about what came up for us what we were shown about our own selves about our relationships about our life like and for you what does that mean for you like as far as now that things are starting to shift and open and and be different like i don't think we ever go back right the way we were but you know what do you think about how do we go back out into the world? I think that's what I'm trying to articulate is, is what are your thoughts on going back out there now? Um, what I see is that um, you, we need clarity and commitment. Clarity on what is important and to define that and to hold on to it so that you don't lose that vision. What is the vision of your life now and in the future? What do you want your life to truly look like? What portion do you want your life dedicated to right livelihood? to relationship, to your personal relationship with the divine, with nature, and with your commitment to the planet and humanity. And how do those balance? Okay, that's your vision and that's your clarity. And then make a commitment that you're not gonna lose that vision and decide how you are going to fulfill that vision to take action on it. Okay, it, it's really nice to sit and meditate in the morning and go, okay, and this is what I want and everything's gonna be fine and I'm gonna have the perfect relationship and I'm gonna make scads of money and I'm gonna have the perfect job. And if you don't do anything about it, if you don't take action, um, it doesn't manifest in the world. And so we need to manifest. So when I do my work um, in clearing the past, because we have to clear out the old patterns, the old patterns of working 100 hours a week, right? Mm-hmm. Don't fall back into that pattern of, okay, the job's there. They want me to go back and commute and they want me to, you know, you know, work a hundred hours. They want me to work in the office 60 hours a week and take work home and work on the weekends and call customers and stuff. And it's like, make your commitment that you you are going to dedicate X amount of hours to work. You're going to dedicate X amount of hours to your family. You're going to be there to do homework with your children. 
You're going to go to their soccer games. You're going to go to their musical performances and their dance recitals. You're going to be there for them. Okay? And then practice those things that fulfill you and keep you committed to that path. Meditation, mindfulness, um, and um, helpful activity, walking in nature, exercise, keeping yourself healthy, keeping your family healthy, you know, doing all of those things that turn on your positive genes, okay? And keep your family healthy and together. And dedicate, dedicate a portion of your life to success, all right? I mean, we deserve success. We deserve security and stability. And open yourself up to that too. Um, I mean, you know, you don't have to go be a hermit and uh, at the top of a mountain um, um, just because the the pandemic hit. Um, you can still have a thriving business and serve people and be abundant and prosperous in this life and still have time for yourself, for your family, for your connection with the divine for dedicating yourself to um, saving the planet, for um, volunteering for um, activities that serve um, other people, um, take care of global warming and the environment, and whatever calls to your heart. Because those things are important to nurture our souls. Um, as well as our individual uh, goals. Mm -hmm. Agreed. What's changed for you, like this last year? Well, one of the things that I noticed is that I'm pretty happy. <laughs> uh, people were getting very frustrated with... Um, uh, the, the lockdowns and things. And I was finding I could be of great service mm -hmm. to others. Um, most of my uh, work is online. And so I was offering um, a great deal of service to others. I created programs that people could access on their own. Um, besides having private sessions, I did group sessions. Um, you know, like the session that I did for you, I did a program that people could access online from, from my website. Um, I had many people coming to me that, that I could help get through this, this time of crisis. And I really felt like I could open my heart um, to all of those. I also uh, engaged in a lot of um, Zoom meetings and meetups with other circles and did a lot of my sacred feminine work uh, with other women who were coming into their power as women because this is the time where women were emerging because our talents as 
caretakers and nurturers and holding the grace of being present for others during this time is really a feminine characteristic. Um, the divine feminine is really emerging at this time um, because with all the lockdowns and things, this wasn't a time of action. This wasn't a time where the male model of get out there and move, um, that directive um, uh, masculine way of we're going to power through this, we're going to invent a new world, we are going to get machinery going, that's the masculine model. Although I have to say, kudos to those scientists who, you know, did the vaccine and got, you know, and, and took care of all of those people who got sick. But it's the, it was the feminine, the sacred feminine that really emerged during this last year that said, let me hold you in love and compassion during this time that we need healing, that we are in distress, that we're anxious, that we're depressed, that we are um, confined. Let me hold you in love because that's what the Divine Mother does. And so um, I did a lot of holding. I did a lot of meditation. I did a lot of healing in this last year. And so, you know, I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, huh? I had my kitty. I had my meetings. I had my clients. I had, I was creating programs. I was doing my writing and um, my creativity really blossomed. Um, and I must say, I, I was very frustrated because I'm a traveler and I want to go someplace. I just want to go someplace <laughs> <laughs> because I really enjoy getting out in nature. Um, and I have to say, I, I just came back from a trip to Yosemite National oh. Park. It just opened. It just opened like la last weekend or the weekend before that. It did my heart good. It just did my heart good. Oh, um, I bet. I'm, I'm yes. feeling the itch myself. It's our inner gypsy. It's like, ooh, I just need yes. to get someplace. And, but it's been, for me, what's interesting, Ariane, is my, I am like this mover, traveler, gypsy person. And it was a nice um, challenge for me to break the pattern of being constantly moving and actually have to stay in one spot. So that was mm -hmm. actually good for me. But, but like you, I mean, I think many of us who had a spiritual practice, the meditation, the contemplation, journaling, self-inquiry prior to last year, we had a great year because it was like, mm -hmm. oh, we have time to do all these things that we, you know, want to do inside. And, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, let's see, where was it? Lars said, um, was it Lars? We have a whole conversation going on over here. I'm going to talk about in a minute. Well, wherever I saw it, um, somebody in here, I thought it was Lars, but somebody said, you know, some people are choosing um, to do the work and some people are not, you know, and I think those of us who are choosing to go within and to build patterns and behaviors around those 
practices um, have made a big difference. But we have this whole conversation, Ariane, going on about September 11th over here. So I want to bring it up because it's very interesting. So KTL said, just like September 11th, what kind of person were we on September 12th? learn the lessons and keep in line with them. And Jeff, um, hi Jeff, he agreed also September 12th was one United Nation in people, humans that banded together. Imagine what it could be if we had that collective love and community spirit. And, and then we have this whole other, you know, um, she said, I strive to be the person of September 12th. Here in Vegas, we had horrible October 1st with the shooting. Um, yes. And uh, and then she also brings up your ancestral clearings um, that you're talking about, Ariane. Um, break the abusive cycle that has been running through your family. And that's a question for you. So that's kind of multiple things. But one thing is, let's talk about September 11th and, and what you guys were talking about in the comments. And love to know what you think, Ariane, because for me, um, when, when September 11th hit, I was in my 20s. I was not doing psychic work full time at that time. I was in, in retail um, and then did readings on the side. And so for me, when September 11th happened, I actually thought, oh, this is going to be the awakening. Like I thought that was going to be the shift. And then it didn't happen really, I didn't think. It happened for some people, but it really didn't change very much. And so when the global event happened last year, I thought, oh my gosh, this is really it. This is the change. And I think, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are because we have this whole conversation going on about it. And it really is an interesting comparison. Yes. Um, I think we are individually given opportunities to change and globally we are given opportunities to change. And I think September 11th gave us an opportunity as a nation to come together. And we did at that time. However, we didn't um, change enough. Okay. We came together against. We didn't come together for. Um, we came together against terrorism. We came together against something, uh, uh, against violence, against, you know, um, we didn't come together for peace. We didn't come together for resolution. We didn't come together to solve the underlying problem that created 9-11. Okay. And I think the same thing is happening today is that um, we have this opportunity to come together globally because of the pandemic is this wasn't just a national crisis. This was a global crisis that hit everyone. And again, we're doing the same thing. It's like we're taking care of us here in this country. We're not taking care of the world. You know, the Chinese have a vaccine. The Russians have a vaccine. We have a vaccine. And the rest of the world is left hanging out to dry. Right? And there are people dying all over the world. Whereas we should be coming together as a global community saying this is our opportunity 
to unite as humanity and take care of one another and to let go of those differences of race and gender and religion and all of those things that keep us apart. And instead what's happening is there has been more division erupting because we haven't been embracing our neighbors and saying, you're hurting too. Your people are dying. My people are dying. Let's all heal together. This has given us a global opportunity to heal together. And so far, we have not been taking advantage of that. We have not been taking advantage of the opportunity to heal globally. And I hope that um, these, um, these eruptions of violence, these eruptions of prejudice, these eruptions of discrimination have pointed out to us where we need to heal. Okay, look at this. Look at this. This is where we need to heal. Look at that. Okay, here's another spot we need to heal. Here's another place that needs healing. Here's another place that needs compassion. Come, bring your healing here. Bring your healing here. Now when we heal this, let's heal this. Let's heal this. Let's heal this. Um, so that maybe we can get the ball rolling so that it, we can heal all. Mm -hmm. And um, thank goodness we are now starting to send some of the vaccines out to other countries and, you know, um, I don't know what you feel about the vaccines. It doesn't make any difference, but let's get the healing out to all in whatever form it is, whatever form it is. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, your connection with your ancestor and your healing your DNA will help heal COVID. Yeah. So let's get that healing out. So true and a good segue into KTL's question. And I have a question about the ancestral piece yeah. too, because I have a theory and I just want to see what your thoughts are. But KTL says, so her question was, um, the ancestral clearings that you're talking about, she said, does this just break the abusive cycle that has been running through your family or physical or mental illness? So let's talk a little bit about your ancestral work and ancestral healing work and, and, and answer her question. Sure, sure. Well, uh, one of the things I do talk about in my first book and in the subsequent book too is that I come from a family of multi-generational sexual, sexual abuse, okay? And uh, as with all um, generational sexual abuse, it's a secret in the family. Oh, we don't talk about this. Oh, no, that never happened. Oh, your grandfather couldn't have done that. Your father couldn't have done that. Your brother couldn't have done that. Oh, no, no, no. You're a liar. You know, you made that up. That's true in rape cases. All right. Mm -hmm. And that's how the history 
of family incest and child uh, sexual abuse and sexual abuse in general has occurred. But intergenerational sexual abuse is very uh, destructive. And when it came out in my family that there was intergenerational sexual abuse, it tore my family apart. Uh, because we got all the blame, we got all the shame, we got all of the, that couldn't have happened, you're a liar. No one was talking to each other. And as I said, I, I come from a family of eight children. And, you know, it just blew everything up. And of course, I'm the family peacekeeper. <laughs> I'm the family healer. And it's like everybody was going, oh, you can't possibly believe her. Oh, that didn't happen. Oh, but you, you, you believe me, don't you? And it's like, and what can I do? Right? Um, and so I went to spirit and said, ah, what am I going to do? You know, how do, how do I heal this? And that's when I went on the journey to the ancestor and said, how, how do I fix this? So I went back to the original ancestor where this sexual abuse pattern arose. I went back 450 years. Some people say that you only need to go back seven generations. I have gone back with clients to the Stone Age. Wow. You know, wherever that first ancestor um, started that pattern is where you, where you begin. So I went back 450 years to a time where the women were being, um, uh, were being killed not burned at the stake actually in this in in this uh community they were being hung because they had power because they owned the property and the men wanted it and the men wanted control so the women got together in their circle and they called on the goddess to protect them and to give them a way to protect themselves and their children from the men who were seeking to control them and to, and, and to give them power. And so they wanted a curse so that they could control the men through sex. And so this gave them sexual power to control the men. And what happened is throughout the years when they didn't have daughters to pass this along, it, it went, uh, this curse went to the male members and it turned into abuse. And actually it was abusive for the women because they were being manipulated. They were being manipulative. Okay. They were man manipulating their men through sex. Um, and they just, they considered it defensive uh, as opposed to offensive. And so it got distorted more and more throughout the generations until several generations later, it was simply abusive. And that's how it came down through the family. When I showed the ancestor how it had affected the descendants, she was appalled. She was just appalled. It's still, it's still. Hmm. It still gets to me. And she said, we can't let this happen. So they went back 
It's okay. They went back. They called on the goddess and they said, please take this away. Take this away and remove it. Because we don't, we don't want to cause harm. We don't want to cause harm. And the curse was lifted. The curse was lifted. And so that pattern was erased. That pattern was erased. And I brought that peaceful, um, balanced energy back into the family, into the life now. And in my family, not only was there sexual abuse, there was domestic abuse. Several of my nieces had been raped. Um, so this was, I mean, this was a major deal in the family. Since I did that about 15 years ago, there has been no domestic abuse. There has been no rape. Hmm. There has been no, no more sexual abuse in the family. It has totally cleared that pattern. And the same thing is true when I clear health issues, when I clear mental illness issues. Um, and um, I've done like eight ancestral clearings on my family. I've cleared heart disease. Um, I have cleared um, narcissism um, and um, poverty issues. Um, and a variety of other things. Um, but I have to tell you, the sexual abuse one was the worst. I yeah. mean, that was the hardest. That was the most difficult. Because it permeated throughout the family. I mean, it just, it, it hit almost everyone. Mm -hmm. Man, so powerful. It was. It was very powerful. It was very powerful. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story um, as intense as it is for you and sharing the work that you do. And, um, you know, I wanted to ask you, I, I, I have a love of the indigenous star seeds and learning all about them and, and who they are. And um, it's become a big part of my work is working at, you know, with, the ultra terrestrials and, and mm -hmm. trans dimensional beings. And one of the things that's come up and I'd love to get your thoughts on this is that this whole process we're going through with this virus is about clearing our ancestral karma mm -hmm. as a collective and as individuals, of course. Um, and really what I keep getting is it's this release from our lineage that we've birthed into so that we can come together with our star families, with the, the families we've really originated from. And I'm wondering your thoughts on this and what you've learned and what your knowledge is around all of this. Yes, because until we clear some of the baggage that we have been carrying for these several thousand years, we cannot move forward in our development, okay? Um, we have been, um, we have been trending, excuse me, um, we, have, we have moved out of the um, last cycle of, 
of the male patriarchal system um, that just ended in 2012. And we're moving into the more um, um, divine feminine aspects and opening up to more love and compassion. But we have to clear out the remnants of violence, of, um, of oppression, of, of selfishness and greed, and of ignoring the planet. And we have to clear out those major destructive issues before we can move forward and be clear enough to connect with others. I mean, you know, if extraterrestrials came down now and said, hi, here we are, guys. Um, can we have a meeting? We'd likely blow them up. Right? Look True. at the planetary governments. You know, we'd like, likely meet them with nuclear weapons. Until we clear up enough of our own violence, enough of our own anger, enough of our own greed, enough of our own selfishness, enough of our own personal damage that we can meet others of our own humanity, of our own race, of our own global family with open hearts and compassion and um, love. How can we possibly deal with extraterrestrials that are others that we don't have commonality with? And I think that's one of the big lessons um, that this virus is giving us. Mm. It's not a cleanup. It, it's now time to clean up your act. Yeah. Agreed. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I cannot. Isn't it amazing how quick time goes in here? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. It's like our own little time vortex. And right. I just. Ariane, I'm so, I really just respect your work and I really, your energy is so wonderful and compassionate. And I'm just so glad that you came on today and would love to give you some time and space here at the end to really share with everyone how they can connect with you, anything you have going on you want to share or announce. Um, we do have Ariane's information coming across the screen and in the show notes for those of you who listen later on audio. Um, but I would love to give you some space to just share whatever you feel like sharing. Sure. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. Um, as I mentioned, I do ancestral lineage clearing where I clear family generational patterns. So if you see something in your life that you saw your parents doing, your siblings doing, your grandparents doing that interferes with your life, that's where ancestral lineage clearing can help you. I also do other shamanic services like karma clearing so that if you have personal issues in your life that aren't related to your family, but maybe remnants from other past lives, we can clear those out. Um, I also do curse clearing, um, which is negative energy thrown at you from other people um, that may be causing you difficulty. Um, and so um, that's in my shamanic repertoire. And 
I also do Akashic Record reading. And I know you had Andrew on here a little while ago, and he's, he's a marvel. Um, but one of the things the Akashic Records can do is kind of give you an overview of what your life path has been so that you can go, you know, I, I'm really not sure what direction I'm going in. It's like, look, here's what your soul path has been traveling. And, you know, you might take a look at this is how, this is what your trajectory has been life. What's your, what your potential is operating here? And you might take a look at where this is going and how it's affecting you now. And it can also tell you where your business is going. So if you have a business, you have Akashic Records for your business. I also have programs that you can access on your own and do it at your own speed and on your own time, um, like seven steps to activate your happiness codes, your um, genetic happiness codes, and um, also some other do-it-yourself programs. So I have all kinds of things. Just visit my website and... Uh, if you're interested, it's all there. Awesome. So thank, you, Lisa. thank you so much for being on the show. Just really, it's been an honor and I hope you come back. I hope we can do this again because I just really love your energy and I feel like we've just scratched the surface of what we could talk about. I know. I feel like we're buddies, Lisa. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. Let's definitely do this again. And thank you to everybody who's been watching today. Um, love you all and appreciate you and always such a great audience in here. And um, we're back. Let's see. I'm going to look at my calendar. I think we're back on Thursday um, with Megan Riley for our Diamond Beauties program. She's an empath and an intuitive as well. And um, again, you can find all of Ariane's information at ancestrallineageclearing.com. And um, thank you so much. And thank you guys and have a great day. Thank you, Ariane. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. Bye, everyone.